Thanks for taking the time to, to chat with me today. I'm Breeze. This is the MMA Breeze Show. Uh, today we have Miranda Maverick, who's got an upcoming bout scheduled with Macy Barber. Um, you know, how, how's everything going in life though right now with school and in your normal day to day? Uh, good. I'm actually just starting back at the gym after my fight as of today. So this will be the first hard day back to training for my start of my fight camp, I guess you'd say. Um, this next month is just going to be learning and adding more techniques into that tool belt. Um, and then after that, we'll start actually buckling down and starting that fight camp. Um, but I'm excited to do that. School's still at full tilt. So the next few weeks, I'm focused on it more than anything. Cool, cool. What are you going to school for? Industrial psychology. So other people might know it as IO psychology. It's, it's uh, my focus is on the statistics portion of it. So I'm the one that goes in and not only creates tests for employees to get hired, but goes in and compares statistics to see how to make better positive outcomes for businesses like job satisfaction and uh, productivity and things of that sort. Awesome. Awesome. I know we've seen uh, other UFC fighters in the past juggle two careers. I know Shane Carwin was an engineer himself on the side, or you could call his UFC job on the side, just depends mm -hmm. how you look at it. What are, what are you looking to do upon graduation? And uh, is that going to take away from the UFC at all? Or are you looking to do both? Uh, the goal is to focus on on uh, fighting for a few years. And then once I'm done with that and too old, if I will make it big and, you know, to where my money lasts me my entire life, then I go back to a regular job because we get old at some point. You need something to go back to. Yeah, everybody could use something to fall back on. I think that's really cool that you're pursuing your degree. And how, how much longer do you have in school before you can fully uh, dive in? I'm not sure about, well, I'll be done with classes within the next six months, possibly to a year. Um, so this fall semester, I definitely have classes. And then I'm not sure about next spring, but I'm hoping I'll be done with actual classes this December. And uh, then research is still going to be there. I'll have my dissertation and some testing I have to do, but classes at least will be slacked, which will give me a lot more time. Cool, cool. I know you were talking about you know, um, you were excited about the change of finances coming your way and a lot of different places you were looking to, to move to. Uh, what, what are some places that excite you and uh, would attract you to, to change where you are now? Um, I just, I'm a big family person. I'm looking forward to being back closer to family. Right now, Missouri doesn't exactly have like places I want to train for the level that I'm at or the training partners that I would want there. Um, so been looking at different spots. I'm not going to disclose that information here because I, I haven't even decided yet. So I'm not going to say, um, but just some places that have like higher volumes of some women fighters and then um, some gyms that have a little bit more training partners and more of a focus on MMA. Yeah, cool. But that'll be after school's done with and, you know, nothing, nothing's even for sure about moving yet. I hear you. I hear you. A lot, a lot on the agenda still. I'm mm -hmm. uh, down here in North Carolina. If you, uh, if that ever appeases <laughs> you, there's a Jim O and there's a couple lady fighters out of there uh, in bare knuckle. I came in, uh, I came and trained with Hannah Cyphers quite a bit when I was down there in North Carolina for oh, a few right weeks. So, right yeah. On. That's cool. So you, you know, the area then that's, that's where yeah, I'm I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the, right on. That's cool. I know there's a there's a lot of different places around the map to train and a lot of different partners to to capitalize on. So, um, well, let's let's chat about uh, about what got you into mixed martial arts. I know you were a wrestler on your high school team for a little bit there, and is that kind of where competition stemmed for you, or were you doing this in another discipline? Yeah, not at all. Actually, um, wrestling was actually supplementary after I'd already started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I only did wrestling for three months of my life, regardless oh. of what people are 
you know, pushed into believing because whether it be UFC or Invicta, they're always talking about me being a wrestler. And it's pretty funny to me because I'm, I'm not at all, actually, as far as like where my background comes from, but I'm good at it. I don't think it took me long to learn. I have the build for it. And um, I am a good wrestler. Like when I go and compete against girls that have been on Olympic trial teams or whatever, I can hold my own just because I understand the concept of the sport. And through MMA, I've obviously learned wrestling very well. Plus going with guys makes you have to toughen up a little bit, you know, but it started out as a rough housing at home with my siblings and my dad, and then turned into me having a passion for Brazilian jiu-jitsu when I decided to go to a gym and actually try it out. Um, I had done sports my whole life. I've always been strong. I've always been athletic as a kid and had done a lot of sports and I eventually found jujitsu and found that that was my passion. That's what I wanted to do with my life and not with my life, but, you know, as a side thing. And uh, even when I started there, I was like, I want to get my black belt someday, at least my purple belt. Like that was always the thought process. And as time kept going on, I got to where I was about 17 and a half or so. And I watched some amateur fights and I saw these two girls fight. And prior to this, my dad had like sat on the sofa when we watched the very first ever women's fight in the UFC, Ronda Rousey versus Liz Carmouche. And he was like, you could do that one day. And I was like, I didn't even know women fought. I don't want to get punched in the face. No. And, uh, you know, time went on and feelings got changed. I saw some amateur fights I thought were embarrassing and told my coaches <laughs> I could do better than that. And they were like, no, nah, don't say that until you've been punched. And I was like, I've been hurt a lot worse than that before. Like, Nah. And so I, I had my first amateur fight and kind of the rest is history. I turned pro within a year and went as far as I could, as fast as my, as I could and still am. That's awesome. That, that kind of, I have a, a bunch of questions that came out of that. I wanted to ask um, your dad, first of all, you know, he's been obviously a big part pointing that out to you on the television, on the sofa, but also he's been in your corner a lot and he got a corner you in the UFC. Now, how big of a part does he play in your career or how, how big of a part did he play in getting you involved in mixed martial arts? Uh, huge. Um, he never pushed me necessarily to go to a gym and do jujitsu or anything like that. That was solely my decision, but he was very encouraging of it. And he is the one that taught me it from a young age. You know, we'd watch the UFC, we'd watch YouTube videos, and we weren't just wrestling around like most kids are. We were learning arm bars, we were learning proper chokes, like all this stuff already making fun of movies and their fight scenes at the age of seven, right? Like, <laughs> so I learned pretty quickly that way. And once I got into the sport, my dad was like, wow, you're doing good. Like this seems to be your thing and you're happy with it. And so let's go. I don't think he'd be near as encouraging if I had gotten hurt yet. You know, when I got my knee surgery at the age of, I think I was 19 or maybe it just turned 20. He hated it. He wanted me to not go in the sport. Uh, he watched Million Dollar Baby, didn't want me to do the sport after that. Like there's a lot of times where he's like, you're done. Nope, you're done. And then this, uh, the latest scare was uh, last June when I had that eye surgery. Um, that was scary for me as well. I thought my life was pretty much over as far as fighting and even staring at a screen for schoolwork was concerned. But uh, got through that, obviously, and back to fighting. That was, you know, God's miracle. There's nothing else to that. And dad's been the most supportive person in my life. And not only that, but he's my mental coach. You know, he's there. He's the one that's kind of guided me in every direction I go. And I like to think that in some ways he's getting to live vicariously through me and can be proud with that. Um, he's never jealous of my success in any way, which a lot of people are, even those that are somewhat close to me. And that means a lot.
That's that's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's really yeah. cool to hear your story and, and the impact your, your pops has had. Um, you know, another thing that that intrigues me is coming up, you said, you know, you're not a wrestler. I do hear people labeling you a wrestler, and I imagine you're a very good wrestler if, if it was just to be a wrestling match. But, you know, you you credit jujitsu a lot. What, what do you consider your base? I know in this generation, a lot of people claim to not have a base just to be a full mixed martial artist. Is that kind of how you look at yourself or do you I, think grappling is wh where you came from? I wish I could say that I'm a full martial artist. Um, I think I'm slowly getting there. I would call myself very well-rounded at this point in my life. But as far as base, as in where I initially started was definitely jujitsu. Um, I've learned striking enough to where I think they're both pretty evenly matched. I can hold my own on both the stand up, the feet, the cage, wherever. So I am a martial artist now, but I never had the opportunity to start karate when I was four and wrestle when I was six and work my way up and learn them all at the same time. I just didn't, I didn't grow up with those exact opportunities. Um, and jujitsu ended up being that base. I started on the ground, wrestled at home all the time. So uh, that's what I found as my bread and butter. And uh, my amateur career, I submitted almost everybody. And then unless I, I think I had the one loss, it was a decision. And then I basically was forced to do a decision in another one because I wasn't striking any. And my coaches were like, we're going to take you out of MMA and put you into kickboxing if you don't strike on your feet this fight. And so I would like go in for a takedown and I'd hear my dad say, no, no, you know, and I'd be like, oh, and like stand back <laughs> and start striking again. Um, uh, but even my pro career, you know, I have several submissions. It's always funny to me when I go, actually both of my UFC fights have been against submission artists, you know, which has always been funny. Like Liana Jojua, I think was the same belt level as me. And they were calling her this arm bar submission queen or whatever. And I was like, if you look at our records, we have the exact same amount of submissions, but I guess they have to pick something to brag somebody up about. And yeah. then and she is one of the best grapplers in the division but uh even hers like my I have just about as many stats as her you know as far as jujitsu is concerned and experience there uh, but she is very good very technical and a black belt I um recently got my brown belt so kudos to her she is a good grappler and congrats to you for getting your brown belt that's really cool um but competition is different right you know like we see if you look at the grappling scene Nicky Rod and what he's done I mean he's a purple belt now but what he did as a blue belt and even you know the 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 high level uh you know competitors you know and the impact they can make and you definitely seem like your game you definitely seem like you come to compete and the skill is there too so speaking of the matchups that you faced you know you got another one coming up in Macy Barber and she's uh, a, a big prospect. If you look on Instagram, she's got, you know, over 200,000 followers. So there's been a lot of hype and she's had the, the privilege of a lot of promotion around her. It's not saying it's not deserved. She's a very talented fighter. Her record is, you know, uh, just like one, one fight below your accolades, if, if that makes sense. But you, um, you know, you, you coming in have uh, probably a, a lot less of a following. What does a win over Macy Barber do for your career? And, you know, what, what do you think, where do you think that could catapult you to next? Well, I think one, the following does come one from having more experience in the UFC. Every fight I get, my following nearly doubles. Mm -hmm. um, that's been cool to see. And I'm sure the same, if not more, will happen with Macy just because she does have more eyes on her than Jillian or Liana did. So I'll get more and more followers as I keep fighting through that. Plus being on the main card of the UFC made a big difference last time. And I'm sure 
from now on, I'll likely be on the main card. I hope uh, that I do well enough, you know, and make exciting enough fights that that becomes the case. Uh, Macy was hyped. She's very young. I don't, I don't take credit away from her either. I hear people, you know, shit talk her and stuff because she's had two losses and she was overhyped and whatever else they want to say. Um, but my opinion on it is she's super young. She came into the UFC. She got catapulted to the top. Maybe it was a little too soon for her. Um, but hey, she's done pretty good and she's only fought top tier opponents. So, you know, I don't take that lightly at all. And I'm going into this fight with that respect for her, but also the respect for myself. It's the only time that I've ever fought somebody that's going to be younger than me, which is crazy. I've never even been close to somebody in age, except for Jillian, I think was 35 or 25. And then uh, Liana was pretty young. And they're the first two that I've had that are fairly young. Um, but Macy like brings that well-roundedness to the table to where I haven't had that in a lot of fighters. And I'm super excited to be out there, be able to go out there and show the well-roundedness of myself too. In Jillian's, I got to show a little bit, but there was still not much cage work. There wasn't too much ground offense. And even the defense was kind of like, I don't know how to say it, lazy on my part, I guess. <laughs> okay. I wasn't as great as I needed to be in certain situations. And then other situations, I just didn't do the right thing uh, in round two, at least. Hey, it happens. It happens. But we know your game. We definitely saw a lot of skill in your last performance. So with Macy, like you said, you have a younger fighter than you. You have a well-rounded fighter. What do you think she does well or what do you think is going to be most on your forefront in, in uh, preparing for this fight with her? What do you think her best tools that she brings to the table as far as a matchup with you goes? Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to ruin this uh, train of thought, but um I'm trying not to disclose any of that information. If she's she and coaches are as smart as my and my coaches are, I'm watching all her interviews, just like I think anybody should, you know, to have the yeah. advantage when they go in there. But I will say, I think I'm a well-rounded fighter as well. Um, I think I have the technique advantages on her and um, cage experiences is about equal. They can say, you know, UFC experience is worth more or whatever they want to say, but cage awareness is cage awareness and fight IQ is fight IQ. So yep. being able to adapting a fight is important and being able to put your opponent where you want them regardless if they want to go there or not um but like I said we're both here to to fight you know and I'm actually really excited for this one of course the fans wanted it this is a fight I really didn't want right now um not because Macy's necessarily a harder fighter than anybody else but I even spoke with her a couple weigh-ins ago when I was supposed to fight Jillian the first time and you can just feel it. You can feel this tension. You know that there's going to be a fight against you. You know what I mean? Like there's people that are like, wait, wait, you guys are meeting for the first time. Go back into the hallway and come in again so we can video that. And I'm like, okay, like we get it. Like you're going to be trying to fight us against each other. Later, yeah. But I thought it might be a little bit later down the road. I think it's kind of a silly matchmaking. Really. I think they should wait until we're ranked number fourth and fifth or something along those lines, because I think it's a a money fight, so to speak. I think it's one that everybody wants to see prospect versus prospect, young versus young. And instead they're like, boom, you guys are barely ranked. Let's, let's do it now. And I'm like, eh, I think it's silly to get out of the way there. Like, let us get some of these stagnant people out of the division real quick. These older people that faces have been around a long time. Like if they're not that good, let us test them first and then us go against each other. Which but that's just going to, I, I definitely respect I respect your perspective on that because I think if you guys did take out some of those older, uh, not as active uh, folks on the roster, and then you know, I'm, only thing that's going to do is is catapult you guys even higher, give you more followers, like you said, as the fights come roll out, you, you you're just getting more eyes on you. But 
I'll tell you, I follow a ton of MMA pages and, and have like, you know, a bunch of, uh, cause I'm, I'm in the scene with the social networking and so many people after your fight posted like right after your fight, the fight to make uh, Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber. So I think you're absolutely right where it's just a hype fight, a money fight. Everybody just loved your performance and, and your name got so hot real quick. And then Macy obviously has the following right now. And, and uh, even though she's coming off two losses, I think everybody just still gravitated towards that matchup. Speaking yeah. of losses though, what's that? the attitude to get that MMA fan attention you know it's just true it's just part of it and I did see them making those matchups you know they tag me in them or whatever and I'm like oh lord <laughs> third day you know and I'm like I told my management I was like this is what they're gonna try to set up I already know it and then especially when they already had the uh is it Roxanne versus um can't remember who it was but basically they booked every other flyweight that was ranked and I was like of course, like that's the only person that's left is her and then uh, Talia Santos, I think, and maybe one other one. was like, well, that just Cynthia, Cavi I think, or no, Alexa Grasso, maybe it, the others just didn't make sense. So I was like, well, this is going to be the fight. It's pretty obvious, I think. And um, you know, you're 15 and she's 14, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which so. is a whole other thing that I don't get. It's like not a benefit. I shouldn't say it's not a benefit. It's obviously always a benefit if you want to fight, but yeah. it's not like catapults either one of us up the chain too much. We're just going to flip flop our numbers. I think yeah. if that, if I win the fight, it flip flops. If she wins the fight, it stays the same. She's not going to, but um, it's still either way, like disadvantage wise for her. I don't think they're going to cut her. People want to say that and everything. She's young. She's still growing. She's got a lot to go. Um, and if she does win again, it doesn't really do much. Mm -hmm. yeah I hear you on that I'm in sync with you on that I mean with her coming off the two losses and having all the the pressure and the the fans and the eyes on her do you think that she's going to come with a little extra fire to this matchup with you or a little more something to prove I'm counting on it <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it well we're very excited for for your next matchup I mean <clears throat> you know you guys are are both very popular now and and uh in, in the forefront of MMA fans but um you know what what do you think the end of 2022 looks like for you as far as division standing goes where do you see yourself or maybe even just a year from now where do you see yourself in the rankings and how close do you want to be to that title by the end of uh, from a year from now? Well, the end of 2022, I want to be in contention for the title. Like everybody be, be knocking on the door for that title. If not already have it set up a year from now, I plan on being top five or somewhere close. I'm trying to make realistic goals where I'm not like trying to, Hey, I want the fight right now. Um, I really don't actually, I want to wait that year or so to keep learning. I get so much better in between fights. Like it's crazy to me, like watching every single one of my fights. I think it's pretty obvious if anybody goes through my fights sequentially and watches them, it's quite the evolution. And I plan on continuing that I'm young enough that I learn a lot and I'm also smart enough, I guess, to criticize myself. It's never good enough for me. Um, and I'll do the same with this fight and every fight after. Awesome. We love it. We love to hear that. So I, I always like to ask the MMA fighters that come onto my show, uh, just a, a couple goofy things that, you know, as a, somebody who's a lifelong fan and a competitor in my own disciplines, what, what for you would be more gratifying to, to get the victory and, and with a, a submission or a walk-off knockout? <laughs> I think a walk-off knockout, especially for me, cause I've never done that. Um, it's really exciting when I knock somebody down with a punch or something like that. There's just something so much more 
barbaric about it that makes it that much more exciting or exhilarating, I suppose. And I've knocked down one person one time with like one blow and I ended up finishing them off with a submission, but they were already like rock punch. Either way, that was exciting enough. You know, I didn't even count it. It wasn't technically a submission finish in my mind, you know. Yeah. But submissions in my eyes are safer for making sure you actually finish the fight. But if you can just hit somebody and walk off, knock them out, great. How how is your power in practice? Do you uh, do you uh, do you are you the type that spars full throttle when you spar, or you know do you are you more on the safe side and longevity where you don't really let it rip and fly like that in practice? Um, that has changed over the past year. So ever since my eye surgery, we've been very careful. We don't even hardly spar hard anymore. But I will say I end up hurting other people more than myself the last year or so on accident. Like, you know, we, we, we usually throw head kicks very lightly, like or very gentle. And every once in a while, one will get through and hit somebody just right or a punch will hit a little too hard. But we're very careful at my gym now when we spar. So there's never anybody getting like knocked out, drag out anymore, but used to be, yeah, I just get in wars with people, but you got to think about it. Like I have guys at my gym that are much bigger than me. Like the harder war I go, the more I'm going to get hurt. That's really all there is to it. Um, but there's a couple of people, my size, I had somebody hit my hip when they like tried to duck under and do like a boxing defense and like basically got knocked out by hitting my hip. So that was pretty funny. And wow. like, I've picked a <laughs> in the head and how to fall but those are all it's not anybody trying to yeah, hurt yeah. you know I, that's terrible when when gyms go and do that like there's the whole old school attitude of you can get tougher and I'm like we've had you know however many years to get tough I'm there I got the toughness part down like yeah. I'd like to learn and when you're going so hard and sparring really what's the point like you're there to learn. You're not there to just get beat up. That's what fights are for. Like they're the fun part where you go, you get beat up and you get to recover for however long. But when you go in sparring, I think it should be a safe environment where you feel like, okay, I want to work on this one thing, you know, and you can without getting hurt. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. It's been a big topic in the MMA community for a while now, you know. With my yeah. Listening to DC and GSP and others who have been in the game and felt like the effects of it, it's just, nobody should do it anymore. Like they need to learn a little bit, you know, there's still that old school mindset and they want to call people snowflakes for not wanting to do it. And I'm like, no, no, I'd just rather not die or have a, you know, brain damage by the time I'm less than 30 years old. I mean, who was it? Sean Shirk, I think came out recently. It was it him who's been having the, the brain problems and they found, I think like lacerations, like holes in his brain. And, you know, it just comes from like you said, that old school mindset of just take one and give one and get tough and practice how you perform type thing attitude. But, you know, I think uh, with people like you and Max Holloway and some of the younger folks that are leading the charge of changing that culture is really cool to see because we want to see people around for a long time, not just yeah, that, people are like, well, there needs to be that intensity. And I'm like, there's a difference. You can have intensity and speed without throwing power behind it. That just comes from experience, I think. Like, you get new people into the gym. Like, I try to avoid them now, I'll be honest. Ever since I signed with the UFC, I kind of avoid going with the, the new people. But before that, I guess you would say, like, I was the one who loved going with the new people because I was like, ah, I get to I get to show them what's up, you know, show them a girl part kind of thing. And now it's like, one, you got to be careful. But two, they do not know how to spar. So they're just going with people that are half their size. And they're like, sorry, didn't mean to. And it's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but they're in survival mode, which is why you have to have a coach there, like paying attention and, you know, being able to separate 
those people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with all that. I mean, we, uh, what, what about your sparring? Uh, well, I know you don't want to really disclose stuff like that. So I'll, I won't ask anything about sparring or preparation with, uh, with this next coming bout, but what, what excites you most about Macy? Like you said, she's a dynamic fighter. She's younger than you. She brings a lot to the table. What she's got a big following on Instagram. What are you, what are you most juiced up about this fight with? Uh, her aggression. I'm really excited to face somebody else who has kind of that same uh, pressure that I bring to the cage. And also she's another, I keep saying this, she's another uh, father-daughter duo. I plan on showing her up with that one. <laughs> okay, this one's for the dads. I like it. I like it. All righty. Well, I, hey, look, I know you got a lot going on. It's first day back to practice, so I won't keep you too long. I appreciate you spending the last half hour with us on the show. Thanks for coming on. Good luck with your fight with Macy. We'll be tuning in, and hopefully we can have you back on the show soon. Hopefully. Thank you so much.